Geek Card presents Back Issue Bloodbath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. My name is Easton Newburn. I'm on retainer at all the major crime families in the city. Someone steals from the Flying Dragons, I find out who did it. Someone murders a Russian mobster, I find out who did it. Nobody touches me, that's the rule. I'm a UN inspector wandering through a war zone. So much so that if you pull that trigger, bombs will rain down on you, Carla, from all those nations. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And uh, I was just reading the words of Easton Newburn, which uh, when I do read the words of Easton Newburn, I, I go to a pretty dark place. Newburn is, of course, a series from Image Comics written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Jacob Phillips. So already... That is some high caliber when you hear that team. Of course, Jacob Phillips, the son of Sean Phillips. Jacob is the artist of one of the best Southern fried crime noir books in that Texas blood. And of course, Chip Zdarsky has been writing tons of great stuff, but has been doing a lot of crime stuff recently. What with crime elements in Stillwater, crime elements in Daredevil, and now, of course, this book right here, Newburn. It was a book that caught me by surprise at the end of last year. And since then, it has been my favorite read when I go pick up at the comic shop each month. So, Petula, before we decided to do this, have you read any Newburn at all? Only the first one. I picked it up based on the cover. And then I didn't keep up with it, even though I was interested in going back to it because you had it on your top list last year yes as i had it on a uh like the new the yeah yeah best new book yeah so new book there's going to be i think once they get up to eight issues then the trade for like all eight will be out around september so i was like maybe i'll wait till then but no objections to doing it now like it's very good yeah because the idea is as as I, i mentioned at the beginning Easton Newburn is basically a detective for the crime families of New York. He's there to make sure that wars do not break out among the families by handling shit that comes up because they don't want the cops getting involved. They don't want other families to mess with each other. And the cops even give Newburn leeway so he can check out crime scenes and stuff like that because he is there as kind of, like, as he mentions, the UN inspector, he keeps the peace. He's there to make sure that everybody's playing fair, quote unquote. <laughs> and he meets in his, like the first story, he meets Emily, who gives him the name Carla at first, because she has a bit of a past, who ends up getting hired on to be his assistant. And of course, because Newburn is paid by the mob, he can pay her very handsomely at a 100k hundred six figures with benefits yeah hundred thousand hundred thousand dollars this is great just to go around and as she puts it to google stuff yeah (laughs) yeah so what do you think of the newburn emily relationship i as a mentor he leaves a little to be desired in terms of transparency the first few issues where he's not telling her that much it does feel kind of like a probation period where if he decides it's not working out he can cut her loose and he hasn't kind of given her too much information either professionally or personally 
because knowing how he met her, she could then perhaps use that for good or for ill or for her own needs because he basically met her uh, during her perpetrating kind of a long con that resulted in a murder. So, you know, there's that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, under recruiting smarts, being morally gray, uh, similar to him, uh, past employment with the police while she didn't complete her time at the academy she had a good grounding in the fundamentals uh, which she has used uh, to manage her personal business after that Uh, so i i would like to see more of the kind of conversations that we get with them in issue seven at the bar where they're like maybe not opening up like buddy buddy but Mm. it's a little more like give her the why and she could be even more helpful to you but then we also do see uh later on that he's legitimately concerned for her welfare so there is a bit of that like he doesn't open up and neither did she until it was almost too late so hopefully assuming that you know neither one of them is murdered in the next issue or so they can kind of work this stuff out yeah. Now, this is going to sound a weird comparison, but do you remember the last scene in From Dust Till Dawn? No. Okay, so at the end of From Dust Till Dawn. All I remember about that movie is like the dancing. The, of course. The, the Selma Hayek yeah. was, was great. Yeah, all but, I remember about Desperado is her walking across the street, honestly, like, yeah. and, and the exactly. piss warm Chango line. Yeah. Anyway, back to you. You don't remember her playing the guitar and singing on the bed? Now that you say it, sort of. It's that's yeah. pretty sexy too. Go back and watch that. It's good. But anyways, <laughs> of course, George Clooney is a criminal who's trying to survive the night at this vampire bar so that he can get picked up by Cheech Marin and driven over the border to I can't remember the name of the city, but the idea is a criminal city. But it's kind of like it's almost essentially a metaphor for him going to hell. Like where he's going, he deserves it. He's paved the way to that place and that's where he's going. And Juliet Lewis says, take me with you because my family's dead. I got nobody. And he says to her, no, 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 this is, this is where I got to go. There's still hope for you yet. And I feel like while he is not thinking that way, when we read the character, Newburn is pretty much set in stone. His life is what it is. This is what he's going to be for the rest of his life, you know? It's going to be the, as he put it, a fire will rain down on you if you do anything to me. It's like he's a set, he's an institution. Whereas Emily still has that bit of humanity. And so it's interesting, even though she, if she continues on the path, she will end up like Newburn. But she has that bit of humanity and she's there to counteract how dark Newburn might get. In fact, she even puts that out there. He said, you have me here to let you know when you're going too far. And he doesn't respond saying yes, but he doesn't say no. So I like this kind of idea that her character is kind of the only thing that stands between Newburn and totally going over the fucking cliff. Whereas, but Newburn could have just as much of an effect and an influence on her the longer she stays working for him. So it's almost like mutually assured destruction. Not a healthy relationship, but a damn sure compelling one. Yeah. A, a bit of uh, just a touch of protocol droid as well in terms of helping him interact with like uh, more modern investigative tactics. Yeah. 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 You don't always have to, you know, be lurking in shadows and letting yourself get beat up and kidnapped. You could just like occasionally Google stuff. Yeah. 
Oh, totally. And we've got great cast of characters that you can tell infinite stories with by having it that they're dealing with the mafia families. So, you know, of course, you got the Albanos, you got the Marauders, you got the Carreros, you got the White Dragons. And I believe you also got a Russian one that I can't remember the name of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they straight up do put it out there, even plain as day, that the cops are a mob in this story as well. And one of my favorite things throughout the book is Emily's journal, where she basically, it's just prose on the page. And I love the bit she writes about the cops. The Police Malevolent Association of New York City is 24,000 members strong, and they can do whatever they want. It's a union that carries guns and clubs. It's a union that rejects accountability and protects its own no matter what. Politicians cower to them. The public is scared of them, and they hold the city hostage. Fucking right they're a crime family. But unlike a crime family, which holds on to power tentatively, running through shadows from all manner of enemies, the police operate in the daylight. Their only fear being cameras and on phones. And even then, even the white of the eyes of the world on them, they're protected by the Police Malevolent Association of New York City. So, like, they put it out there. There are no good guys in this story. It's like everything... Including is, Emily. That's what I'm about to say. No, there are no good yeah. guys. Emily Emily is a shade of gray. And Newburn, And that's what makes it interesting, is that she's supposed to be Newburn's hope, but she's already pretty much halfway down the path he is. Before she met him. Yeah, yeah. before she met him, yeah. yeah. So, just, it's... It is such a compelling read because with all these major players, you never know exactly what's going to happen. And these first, the first five issues or so, they do the the story uh, kind of very um, episodic. It's kind of setting up the world. You see some repeat characters, but each issue kind of stands on its own. And now issue six on, we slowly get into kind of a storyline because we hear, we hear about Emily's backstory and what kind of letter to the place she's in, but how it connects to the present. And then we've also got how that affects Newburn's situation with the families. So we're kind of at a tipping point for everybody at the issues that have come out. Here's the question I asked myself after issue seven. I wonder if he already knew or, a, or quickly figured out the rest of her backstory that we're learning later on. Because based on his job description, finding out about what happened to the person that Emily and Sydney Talford, the degenerate gambler cop, former cadet buddy, uh, had their rough interaction with, that would have been the kind of assignment that he might have gotten. Yeah. So how much or how little did he find out about that situation? Did he find out that it was probably another cop and just went back and gave them that information and they were like, that's too much smoke for us, but we're going to keep our eye on police. Like who knows? But I wonder if he sensed that something like that had already gone down her past or if he actually knew or knew shortly after he hired her. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's to me, it feels like it's a, if he, if he didn't do the work there, that's quite a slip up by him. Unless his, hiring by the crime families happened shortly after that death but i feel like they still would have asked them to look into it yeah it's definitely a possibility yeah yeah anyway mm. but here's the thing listen the more you read these this series uh, the more you want to know they're very good at sort of gently weaving in so with each kind of episode of the week issue where 
we have a mysterious murder or somebody's lit something on fire, et cetera, et cetera. And Newburn solves it in a different way, including once letting himself get sent to prison. We always have enough kind of loose threads left over that are woven into um, what's coming that you're like, oh, but I have to read the next one. So in terms of being possibly, I don't want to say perfect, but like a story that's been perfectly adapted for the medium in which it exists in that I want to know at the end of every issue what's coming next. And that's what a comic, that's especially one that's going to come out regularly on schedule, should make you want to do. It should yeah, make no, you want to add it to your pull list. It should make you not want to wait for the trade. Because, like, I want to know what's coming next. Yeah, and it's, like, it's really good at dropping, like, questions out there. But then it also is good at presenting things that makes the reader question it without them having to actually lay out a question. Like, I don't know about you, but I want to know about fucking Henry. He just shows up, picks him, picks up uh, Newburn, drives him around. Okay, I know that he makes a lot of money, but it's very much like the way he talks to Newburn and everything, it feels very much like a, like a servant type thing, you know? Like not just a guy that picks him up and drives him around, but like knows a lot of Newburn's inner dealings. The way, that, the way he talks to him, it's very much like he's like his number one sort of thing. Definitely based on what we've seen of his recruiting tactics and also his interaction with his cellmate uh, when he's briefly incarcerated, I feel like that's another story where, uh, yes, it's sort of like a symbiotic uh, employer-employee relationship, but it also probably was born out of some sort of, I have something on you. Mm. Yeah. And the other thing is that Newburn, I don't think, like he seems like one of those guys that he sleeps only on a necessity. He has no hobbies. <laughs> seems like the job is his life because he gives off nothing except the job. He's so compelling. It's amazing. The character is very compelling, yet we know so little about him. And he doesn't say anything overly exciting, yet he's exciting to read. Yeah. I was thinking a lot about if they were to do a live action of this, because one of the reasons I picked up the first issue is just like his face and profile. It looks like the child of Harvey Keitel and Tommy Lee Jones. I definitely like see the Harvey Keitel. Yeah, I was very that. <laughs> I was looking at it going, it's Mr. Wolf. You know, mm-hmm. that's basically it. Yeah, but with the kind of relentless problem solving of like your Tommy Lee in Fugitive. Fugitive? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. U.S. Marshals. Yeah. Did you so, ever see U.S. Marshals? I didn't. Was, was Tommy Lee Jones also the cop in uh, Double Jeopardy? With Ashley Judd? Was he? Was he? Oh, I don't man, know. I haven't watched Double, Double Jeopardy in years. Yeah. But I just remember U.S. Marshals, the attempt to do a kind of sort of sequel yeah. to The Fugitive without The Fugitive. Oh, man. I mean, like when I'm obviously fan casting this in my head, I'm thinking maybe, maybe possibly like a, a Timothy Oliphant type. I know, like making him... A kind of former sheriff is a bit on the nose based on like his last kajillion roles. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a weird character that I don't know why I like him so much. Yeah, because he's just like this completely. I wouldn't even say great. He's oh, yeah, it is Tommy Lee Jones and Double Jeopardy. He's just completely there's there's great and then there's where he is yeah and the why of the why he is the way he is i i want to know but i kind of don't i yeah. kind of just like the idea of somebody that's acknowledged and that is right there on the page the the crime families and the police literally the same 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I like the fact that what made him end up working for the mob and not for the cops is that this was the instant where the mob was telling the truth and the cops weren't. So he went, I, I'll go with these guys. Yeah. Like did something that resulted in him getting a payout that he wasn't even trying to get. Yeah. And he was like the only cop that wasn't dirty. Yeah. And he's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And there is a part, the other cops sort of justify that they let him do what he does because he's keeping things cool. But obviously they're all on the take from either one family or another or multiple possibly. Mm -hmm. Whereas he's just directly on the payroll and is actually probably helping to avert far more bloodshed than any of the actual officers that he interacts with. Is his whole mantra just a numbers game of instead of what would happen if I was a police officer where here's a crime and let's set up the most convenient person and not be concerned about the knock-on effects. However, then that sort of goes against the way he recruited Emily. Well, technically that person was guilty-ish, but manipulated. Yeah. 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 Um, but he definitely, there's some part of him that broke and like went from, I'm going to be the only clean cop in my division to I'm going to be uh, the most morally gray character you've ever met. When early on you see what happens with the, the arsonists, mm -hmm. uh, that's where there's moments in, you know, different series, whether it's a comic, TV show, whatever, you're like, okay, if you can get past this, then you're on board. And I almost feel like that's a test for the reader. If like, you're okay with this character after that, then we can pretty much do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of even yeah. is saying that to Emily, it's like, yeah. you got to make the decision right now. If you're okay with that, follow me out here and that's fine. If you need to justify it in your head, here's the way you justify it. Yeah. If you're not okay with this to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Probation so. works both ways. It's for the employee and the employer. Yeah. I, this is probably, and again, this is a weird, it's only seven issues in, but I feel like this is the best character that Chip's ever written. And Chip's written a lot of great characters. I really like the fact that there's so little, he's giving away so little that's making you want, like, pull you in. It's making you want more from the character, but it's satisfying at the same time, which it's amazing because, you know, they always say in writing, it's like, don't use a thousand words if 10 words will do. Of course, Charles Dickens didn't say that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> that's the, that's kind of the thing. This right here, this character is a master in brevity in the sense that there's so little that's coming out that you're actually the, the reader is getting to like build that up in their mind. Yeah. It's, it's sparse. And that's where you get also a bit of that kind of archetypal Harvey Keitel, Tommy Lee Jones character energy. You know what I think? I, you know who I think we could be able to pull it off if you wanted to go a bit younger? Liev Schreiber. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could see him pulling off that character. Yeah, yeah. Or even if we were going to go other colors, uh, I'm going to say, because I, I honestly, I couldn't get through more than a couple episodes of Cowboy Bebop. I'd like to see like maybe like a John Cho. Okay. Or a Coleman Domingo, which he's done more like menacing type roles. Mm. So, but yeah, definitely somebody that can be taciturn but tell you a lot with like a furrow is they're like sipping some straight brown liquor, but that you're rooting for, even though maybe you shouldn't all the time. Yeah. Yeah. See, that, yeah. that's the other thing. It's fun when you get a story like this where all the characters are morally gray that you can root for the bad guy because he's the lesser of evils in the story. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, I, I love stories. Like, again, it's like like if you think about like Parker. Parker is the lesser of evils in a world of gray. Very much. This is yes. this character is the same sort of thing. He's a lesser of evils. He is very much out for himself, but at the same time is an agent for good in a way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just he's he's so compelling. I I I could read issue after issue about this character and not get bored. I like you know the stories that they've done so far, but I can't wait to see where else they'll go with the character. The other thing I, I, I want to know is, do you think when it comes to all the cops, do you think that Casey might be the cleanest of the of the cops that uh, we see on a regular in the book? Maybe. Because she's, she's, at no point do you hear her say anything that's like off turn. She's kind of just doing her job sort of thing. Yeah, either Casey or the, I forget, I don't, do we even know the name of the person who works in the morgue? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, but it's... Honestly, that whole police force is just, they're a whole mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're a whole mess. It's interesting, the the art, I picked up the book literally because of the cover, and then I opened it up, I was like, oh, this is a much uh, lighter style than what I was expecting based on what was on the cover. Mm. It's, it's, it's more simple and kind of stripped down. Um, there's a lot of use of kind of color to have the different like environments and moods, uh, but the actual art itself isn't super detailed, but they really blow their loads on the covers and like those sort of right before the end interstitial pages like that show like what's coming next. Like it's those very, are gorgeous. It's very much like father, like son. If you think about yeah. Sean Phillips, same sort of deal. Really, really extravagant covers. You open it up, very simplistic style. The son has carried that on. Jacob, he has amazing storytelling attributes. Like he's really good at telling the story and keeping it as simple as possible in its look. And I think it really adds to the to the to the book definitely. It does the same thing in that Texas Blood, which we'll probably do an episode of eventually. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it is a book that I think is definitely worth checking out just for the characters. When it comes down to Emily and Newburn, these characters are simple but complex. Like they're both at the same time. And the interactions between them, there's so many things you can do that they haven't done yet because it's just the beginning. I love the fact that I can look at this and see a million different ideas but not sure about any one of them. Like you don't know exactly what's going to happen in this book because the changes stop on a dime because they're dealing with a bunch of people that have no problem killing people. When every character is willing to kill somebody, all bets are off. Yeah, there's extreme violence in every issue. And every time we're introduced to a new character, I'm always wondering, did they kill someone or are they about to be killed? It's kind of fun. <laughs> there you <Yeah>. go. <laughs> so if you're looking to play that game, definitely pick up Newburn. The uh, first trade will be coming out soon. The eighth issue will also be dropping soon. Uh, check them out through Image Comics. Uh, again, one of my favorite chip books ever, Chip Zdarsky books ever, definitely. We've come to the end of another episode of Back Issue Bloodbath. Petula, where can people find you? At inatif.com, on Twitter at obesakantawit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-I-T, and here with you. And of course, you can find everything I do over at geekardshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at geekard. Follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where we post a new episode every week. Of course, the easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. 
because it helps with the analytics. More people to know about us, that'd be great. So tell everybody. Tell everyone near and far to check out Back Issue Bloodbath. This has been Back Issue Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Petunio. Have yourself a good day.